Well, hello, and welcome, <laughs> and welcome. One day I'll do an <laughs> intro and not completely fuck it up. Uh, well, hello. I, you, you like paused and, after it. Dave, you, you fucking no, 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 no. I tried to fix it. And you just <laughs> no, I'm not. I just want to say that I, I feel like I should have copyrighted the well hello somewhere. Yeah, well, guess cause... what? This is show biz, I'm not... Corey. Sometimes we steal bits from each other. No, and just... I, I'm fine with it, but I just do feel like I almost feel bad because I feel like there's an unspoken expectation whenever we start an episode now to really nail that well hello and. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, same, it's like the I, same way Samir yeah. stole my like fashion sense. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes we just adapt yeah. like certain things about each other. Well, I was gonna say I wasn't gonna. I interrupted you, Sam, because you said "well, hello," and then you. I swear you paused after it, like you were waiting for a reaction from us. Well, I just didn't know what to say after. Okay, it. Okay. and if that's what you really wanted to get out of that's me, that's always good for podcasting. Did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's always good to only remember the first two things, the two words yeah. you want to yep. say. Mm. Okay, well, so good intro. I think the episode is almost done at this point. Um, we're wrapping it up. Uh, today is a very special episode. Every episode's uh, a special episode. Interrupting you again. I always special. <laughs> I realized that I realized that we have said that every single time we've done a uh, an episode because we're always recently. innovating here at all. Yeah, that is true. I think if there's anything we are, it's innovative. Mm -hmm. We're free thinkers. We're not sheep. Uh, no to the vaccine. Uh, we will Hard not be no. microchipped. Hard, Hard no. <laughs> um, so today is a special episode, uh, because we are talking about TV. We said, fuck films, we're done with them for this episode, and we're talking about four of our favorite TV episodes ever made. Um, there is a trend on Twitter right now. Uh, we are very with the, you know, we're with the times. We know what the kids are saying. and Very and online. The, okay. Yeah, we're very online, as they, as they might say. And we are hopping on that trend and talking about our four favorite uh, episodes of TV ever made. But before we get into the four fantastic TV episodes that we picked, um, actually, I'm going to say what we did pick. And those four <laughs> things are Corey picked ozymandias uh which is season five episode 11 does anybody still feel like Sam yeah i feel like you're just drink. not hitting the syllable correctly i think he's adding an extra z so it creates the like ozzy yeah as like a, it's like a first name but it's it's like a light on the wazzy ozymandias yeah Okay, so Ozymandias. It's like no, the it's like McLovin. You don't. It's not a it, long it, e sound. It, it, why it's does like it make McLovin. a long e sound? It's supposed to roll off the tongue like McLovin. <laughs> Ozymandias. Fucking first name. Yeah, he says you're 25 <laughs> in this. Muhammad is the most common name of all time. Look at us already <laughs> talking about Superman. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, so we're already talking about films. That's how yeah, much that we was all limits. So. <laughs> Yeah, no more film references for the rest of the That'd episode. Be challenging. So, Oz Ozymandias is a <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh, oh, shut man. up. I don't give a fuck. Uh is season 5, episode 14 of yeah, Breaking Bad. It is the non-penultimate. It is the penultimate of the penultimate episode. The, the pre-penultimate, the, the I guess. Tri-ultimate. Yeah, or I the guess. An anti-penultimate, I think would be the Yeah, anti-penultimate. Huh. Maybe we'll Pen figure it out. Ultimate. Uh, this I... is why we need John Nalian on the podcast yeah. every week. He, he would he certainly generally has the term. The term. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we ain't so, good with word. No, we're not, and that's why we 
we focused on do- making content only based on words. So it was not a good decision on our front. That is the first episode we're going to talk about. Uh, the second episode we're talking about is something very near and dear to everyone's heart besides Samir's, which is Soprano Pilot, the first episode of the first season, uh, as well as Samir will, I guarantee, make that a full-on discussion about Sopranos as a whole. Uh, yeah, I would I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> the third episode we are talking about is Mac Finds His Pride, which is season 13, the finale of season 13. Yep. I don't know what specific episode number that one was. episode 10. Wow, okay. We really are doing some deep cuts on this episode. And then mine is Finding... Well, you didn't say that's, that's It's Always Sunny. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's the show. It's oh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, and... well, it is currently not sunny in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. <laughs> a little overcast yeah. today, right? Yeah, it's a little... It was, like, really dark right after I got my uh, vaccine today. For people wondering, I, I did... I am a sheep. I did get my vaccine today. Mm. And did you get Pfizer was... or Moderna? I got the Moderna, so my oh, arm... you got the Bill Gates microchip. Yeah, you yeah. The... It, like, I'm already seeing, like, a Windows logo, mm, yeah. like, already forming mm-hmm. from the injection site. Mm-hmm. It's not good. I'm a Pfizer. Bill Gates has your information Every time now. you fart, it's like the Windows startup song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm and a then... Pfizer fairy. Uh, of course, Pfizer. of course, you are a Pfizer. <laughs> I can't wait till people beef over that. It's the new gangs. Yeah. It's, it's the, the new Sheets versus Wawa. I feel. Well, like. I was really. I I got. I saw Luke Profi the other day, and I was really jealous of Luke. He got the J and J. J and J. So he's the ones. He's the guy That's with the blood clots. Is yeah, 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 yeah. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, like, they maybe, they stopped J and J. Wait, J and J is like. An, He's a teacher, so he got it back in early February. I know, oh, I know a lot of so people cool. who have gotten the J and J. My mom got the J and J. Sean Jameson got the J and J. I was telling him. Sam yesterday. Yeah, that's, that's why we. Black. That's of course, why we can't of, talk to him. One of, of like these single of like all fucks. people. Only eighty five percent effective of, though. So hey. yeah, right. see, Sean is the one that gets the collector's item edition of the vaccines because they stopped issuing it. So. Yeah, um, that's a flex. That's a flex. That is a flex. And then finally, the fourth episode we are talking about is Finding Francis, which is the series finale. Speaking of, of Bill Gates. Gates. <laughs> yeah, speaking of... Wow, that, I didn't even realize that. Was that was nice, yeah. Yeah, good one, Samir. This is why we needed you on yeah. the last episode, you the, fucking traitor. The, I know, it's it's just those comments that <laughs> that keep us going, that propel us forward. <laughs> that into, pay the bills. They pay, really the pay the bills. Yeah. So it's that sometimes. is the series, yeah. the series finale of Nathan for you. But before we get into the four amazing episodes that we all picked, what were what a what is your guys's relation to TV? How it compares to your love for movies? And b what were some of the other uh, TV episodes you were really like chomping at the bit to talk about, but maybe other people haven't watched, or you just didn't quite make the cut? We'll yeah, that so with Samir. Yeah, well, I mean, I already started talking. Yeah, that's Sam why. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might as well Samir make it. Samir's gonna oh. name at least twelve. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I I guess to start off by answering his first question, I think if I'm maybe assuming correctly, because I've had this discussion to varying degrees with each of you outside of this podcast, I think I am a bit different in that I do really like TV a lot. Um, 
I still think movies win out, but I feel like I I might like like the medium of television more than you guys. Um, just because I am of the opinion that in a TV show you can you have you're dealing with the length, so you you're not dealing you're not constrained by an hour or two hours or even three hours. Um, you're dealing with sometimes even years worth of character development. And that arc, like that arc, when you see a character grow and become a different person or not change at all, I think contributes so much in terms of what you can do with the writing, which is why I've always been a fan of the medium of TV. Um, and for the second question, I can say that there are so many uh, shows that I wanted to talk about. Dane, damn Dane, stole one of my favorite shows, which is It's Always Sunny. So I'm glad that we're at least going to be talking about that. Gotta shed the love. Yeah, I I also really want to talk about um, Succession, which I think is my favorite thing on TV right now. I would agree. Um, Succession is definitely the best thing currently. Ever. And and I specifically for Corey because Corey's seen it. I wanted to talk about uh, the episode um, where they play that union song at the end of it, like the where he's like running to the office building. Yeah. Um, and then he's like they're like trying to fire a bunch of people. You know what I'm talking about? I'm oh, forgetting I, I what it's called. Yeah. Um, I think it's called There Will Be Tears or something like that. Um, Maybe. Okay. There are a lot of musical moments in succession that you could... Uh, that you could oh, yeah. Build, you could build a whole podcast around a show like a- that. 100%. And I, I wanted to... I know uh, I wasn't here last week, but you guys talked about Bad Trip. I love Eric Andre. I, I wanted to talk about the Eric oh Andre God. show. I could not just, have done an Eric no. Andre twice just because <laughs> Just because it'd be so hard to talk about if you've ever seen an episode of the Eric God, Andre show. I'm not sure show. there's anything of substance I could say about his show. <laughs> We'd be like, yeah, that was really fucking weird. We all just take yeah. a bunch of acid beforehand. Yeah, Burn yeah. up. <laughs> um, and then there was some other shows i'm thinking there was one more other big one um so there was succession there was that one um it will come to thank me. you samir <laughs> it will come to me i will blurt it out I'll and someone there. while they're talking but uh Good. if i remember I'll, I'll i'll run the risk yes yeah. and, and i'll go next i uh yeah. samir kind of kind of alluded to this I, tv's a, a tough one for me I, I i watch a lot of tv although i watch considerably less now than i pretty much ever did in my life like i same basically like two or three shows at this point that I watch. Yep. And I also find now that miniseries are much bigger for me than long-term series. I think that's kind of where the industry is trending anyway. Um, and so I, it's, it's kind of just a commitment thing more than anything else. That's why I love movies is I know I can sit down and within two hours, I'll have completed an entire journey, you know, and that's how I feel about miniseries. I can, I, I'm willing to commit myself to watch six, seven, eight, maybe 10 or 12 episodes of something. But Unfortunately, TV shows, while there are still a lot of great ones being made, and there are still a lot of good ones out there that I haven't seen, uh, they're like jobs, to tell you the truth. Like, if you're going to get into a TV show, you really got to decide that it's, that it's worth your time and effort. And, you know, I think I'm glad we have a pilot tonight that we're going to be discussing. A very good pilot, I'll say. The best because I pilot. Think, I think it, 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 sh- it highlights the importance of pilots within the industry. That's obviously not a, a revelation by any means, but like, if a pilot doesn't do it for me, I, I just, like, you know, people say stick with the show, mm-hmm. blah, blah. I, I'm just not that kind of guy, unfortunately. Like, I, I really need to be wowed by a he show. He just hits it and hits it and quits it. Oh, I really yeah. fucked you that up. Patience, I've, seen, I've seen so many pilots. I've seen, I bet I've seen a pilot of almost any show that, that people would tell you to watch. I've probably seen his pilot and just chose not to, not to keep going with it. And there are very, very, very few shows that um, I would say hold up to 
my favorite films in terms of, of quality. But those shows, honestly, you tend to lean, lean comedy. Samira mentioned Confession, which I think is like the ultimate hybrid of comedy and drama. Uh, but it, I would probably, if you told me to pick one, I'd probably call it a comedy because it's so, so funny. Satire. It's piercing uh, it, yeah, satire. It, it's, it's yeah. brilliant satire. Uh, Veep, to me, remains one of yeah. my favorite shows of all time. Another one that's definitely more of a guilty pleasure, but I still honestly find hilarious, although I, I think it's gotten weaker as it's aged, is South Park. I still think I... <laughs> There's some really the, fantastic episodes of there South are some, Park. I almost wanted to talk about the... It's an older, very old episode, but I wanted to talk about the Casa Bonita episode of South Ooh, Park. Ooh, that is a really funny one. <laughs> I, I almost brought you guys that for this episode, because I love that episode so, so much. I think it's so genius. Uh, but those, yeah, so comedy is big for me. Archer is another one that I really, really Ooh, love. Archer, so dude. funny. Um, so very, First really three seasons of Archer are all fantastic. Um, and obviously, you know, I think Sam brought us to me what I, I think is the, the hardest laugh you'll ever have at a show is any, pretty much any episode of Nathan for you. Yeah, uh, but but Veep's close. Sure. I, I really, if you guys haven't seen Veep, I, I highly, highly recommend that. But the one show that I'm really, really bummed that uh, we couldn't talk about, and we can keep talking about this because I, I brought a show that is very, very much adjacent to it, um, is Better Call Saul. Guys, this is literally, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah, I, I take it back, really I, I told Samir that, that Succession is the best thing out right now, and it's really damn close, but Better Call Saul is really is good. Perfect. It's a perfect show. Uh- and I, I, it's just as good as Breaking Bad, if not at times, maybe even better, which is hard for me to admit because I absolutely adore Breaking Bad. Like, we will talk about how obsessed I am with this show, but Vince Gilgan has created this brilliant universe, and Better Call Saul expands that universe in so many interesting ways. And there's one I, episode we're talking about. So, Samir, you've seen the whole show, or you have? Well, uh, I haven't seen the whole show. I've seen three seasons, and I'm going to start it right after I finish uh, King of the Hill, which I'm watching right now. But the one quick take that I had that I wanted to say. Um, maybe this is a hot take. It probably is. I actually think Saul Goodman is a more compelling character for me than Walter oh, yeah. White, which is why I, I think agree. you know, um, but like there's there's so much traction around like what makes Better Call Saul so magnetic. He's know? more, but th- I mean, you know, Walter White's a weird case because we're watching a man descend into evil, and like, mm-hmm. and by the end of that show, it's hard to feel any sympathy. But and he's so much smarter than everyone like even the viewers like he's right. just so it's like but, well, uh, what's that jimmy thing? jimmy has that same kind of cunning that mm-hmm. walter has, but he's um it's more like, accessible he, for some and he's more sympathetic too i mean like yeah. you just see more of a, a moral struggle but there's one episode of that show um that i don't know if it rivals ozymandias which we'll discuss which i truly 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 do believe is the greatest episode of all time but uh season i think it's season five episode eight of better call saul is bagman and bagman uh, I won't say anything about it for those who plan on watching the show outside of the fact that this it's kind of like a bottle episode and that the entirety of it takes place with just two characters, uh, Jimmy slash Saul Goodman and Mike, who you're all familiar with from Breaking Bad. Uh, and they're at, they spend the entire episode stranded in the desert. It's the, like uh, their version the of fly, the fly. I was about to say yeah, that. Yep. Kind of. It's kind of like that, except the or the Pine Barrens. Sam, the stakes are much higher in Bagman as they are. In the That's a great fly. episode, Samir. But the Fly is also a great episode. Which, well, we'll get. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait. But the Fly is directed by Ryan Johnson, who we know directed mm. Ozymandias as well. So, to Dane, to Dane, what is your? I, I, I just remembered. Oh, here's my, on, here's my. Here's my. Here's my interjection. Yes, I made it without Samir interrupting me. Well, the the third show I forgot to shout out that I really wanted to talk about was Atlanta. Love that. Yeah, show. there's great some great episodes. I hate it. I hate to interrupt you, but Beyonce got the greatest <laughs> album of all time. 
Um, oh wait, I didn't get to do my interruption and talk about really the best show ever is uh, is Survivor. Uh, <laughs> I actually was. I, if you asked me if I if I were to send out my own tweet in this format and you add four episodes, I would include uh, uh, an episode of Survivor, if not two episodes of Survivor. There, it is. I think anyone who knows me knows it's my it's probably my absolute favorite show. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I guess it's my turn now. Um, so <laughs> my relationship with TV is very similar to Corey's. Um, I, as we all have been, and I am a college student, so I can I have a very hard time finding time to sit down and watch um, an hour long's worth of TV uh, at times. So I, I, I often go to more uh, comedic series because they're like half hour long. Um, but in basically with what Corey said about like dramas and, uh, series like Breaking Bad, I mean, those things, they're just, they're epic adventures of cinematic scale and they're just awesome. Um, in terms of series that I love, uh, top of the list is BoJack Horseman. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, how did I forget that? Yep. Uh, Honestly, it was in the back of my mind of what show I wanted to bring, and I thought about doing the penultimate. Is that how you say that? Penultimate, pen, not pen, not pen ultimate episode of Mike Pencil. That was Dane to interrupt because we love interrupting Dane. That was my second choice. Was the penultimate episode of BoJack yeah. as well? That, that's definitely one of my all-time favorite episodes. Of yeah, as well. There's a lot of great, great episodes of. Yeah, Free Churro yeah. is a I was fantastic. About, yeah, I love uh dub end like yeah uh, is that know, the fish one the one like the silent no that's great too i forget that one's called though but that's that's a mind-blowing episode the one i'm talking about is the one where the the, the it's like the lesbian couple um who one's a therapist and one's a oh who, that is a that is a really good episode are sharing the accounts of their day yep. and they change the characters you know so yeah fantastic Bojack is bobo the zebra throughout the episode yeah fantastic yeah. episode yep. um also, I'm a huge fan of Seinfeld. Uh so I was considering Me too, doing Dan. a Seinfeld episode uh episode. Um Oh yeah. I mean I was going to bring Curb. That was the thing I was going to bring. Yeah, but Cur- uh, I love, love Curb. Um <laughs> Yeah. Another another series that I think we've all seen Game of Thrones. I was yeah. going to do Game of Thrones too, Dan. Uh listen audience, like get what say what you want about season eight? I also did not mm-hmm. love season eight, but seasons one through six of that show gold gold could it, gold. if so it would have kept up that steam, it would have been the best show of all time. Um, Battle of the Bastards is just I was oh, gonna pick battle. I was gonna pick so, Battle of the Bastards. Yeah. Dang, we are the same fucking person. Why does he look at bat- us go? I was gonna pick yeah. Battle of the Bastards. But, I th- I think that's by why, far why the does best he Game run straight? Episode. Why does he not zigzag? That's the thing I don't get. When he's <laughs> yeah, running. that's true. That's he doesn't true. zigzag. Cool, yeah, hey, I, cool I guys don't guys, zigzag. I, I was obsessed with Game of Thrones for so long, uh, and I agree with your assessment completely, Dane. But unfortunately, like I can't get past yeah. those those two final seasons, and especially the final season, like. I think the final season is so so bad that it it really has fallen out of favor with me. Where like I, I don't even think that back that fondly on Game of Thrones, which sucks because I I was I spent years of my life obsessed with that show. Mm-hmm. It's such a well made show, yeah. and then in the last season, you were you could easily people were posting screenshots of like Starbucks cups and stuff I mean, in the that's fridge. That's what I mean. So like, it goes beyond just like rap or rush storytelling or poor storytelling. 
it was literally just terribly made yeah at the end. It, yeah it, it kind of embarrassed me. Yeah. we could spend hours talking about that so we will not dwell <laughs> i i, I want to give i want to give two more two more episodes two more okay. series first plug i recently watched true detective uh true very good. true detective season for, one is season one is the finale of season one is amazing fantastic and I also would be ashamed if I did not plug the best superhero TV show of all time, uh, Dare- Daredevil. <laughs> Daredevil um, yeah. I think Netflix's Netflix's Daredevil is about as yeah, about as really good, good as it gets whenever it comes to superhero TV. Daredevil was great. Yeah, yeah was- my dad loved it. I never really got into it. I wonder why. Um, <laughs> So my relationship to TV, very, very similar to Corey's, is that TV was almost all of the media I consumed in high school. Like, I watched some of my favorites, like, all the way through. I watched all of Breaking Bad. I watched all of True Detective. Like, I watched a fuck ton of TV in high school. And then recently, I just don't watch a lot. It, It finally took me getting really into Twin Peaks, which is... One of the episodes I would have recommended is honestly any episode from season three. I think it's the best season of TV ever made. But season three, episode eight, I highly, highly, uh, I think it's the the most inventive episode of TV ever made. Um, is that the the series finale or no? No, the series finale is season three, episode sixteen. Season th- I didn't know how long the return was. The, it's the sixteen, 16 hours. Episodes. It's sixteen hours long. It's very long. Wow. Damn. Um. Totally worth it though. Every single episode. I would also say season two, episode eleven of Twin Peaks is fucking amazing. Uh. That is, and the pilot of Twin Peaks is really, really good. Uh. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm like one of the biggest Simpsons stands of all time. Oh so yeah. I would have picked, um, and and Maggie makes three, which is season six episode 13 of the simpsons i think that is the best episode of the simpsons ever made um and i think that is it it probably is my favorite of all time um but marge versus monorail is also marge versus monorail every single episode from season two to season seven is fantastic um and then the final one well it was going to be battle of the bastards we didn't talk but we didn't get to that um, I'm trying to think. Are there any last ones? Oh, um, this... SpongeBob. I feel yeah, like that one would have been amazing to talk about. Yeah, a couple SpongeBob the... episodes would definitely be there. Bro. And then I would say the finale of season one of The Wire is really fucking good. Mm. So those yeah, would be much The Wire. Yeah. But uh, you know, we picked. I would say for any film bro out there, like these are like a fucking Mount Rushmore of fantastic TV episodes ever made. Yeah. Starting oh, with yeah. Ozymandias, which is <laughs> <laughs> which is Corey's pick. Corey, tell us a little bit more about why this episode is so fucking awesome, and and just Breaking Bad as a whole. But we probably shouldn't get too much into Breaking Bad, yeah, because this we'll will be a I do wanna, and Corey, podcast episode. Re- while you're talking, you should read the sonnet. It would it would help because there there are some interesting connections. Oh, yeah, I, th- I think we can it. we can read it. I- I'll let you read it because I know you were a little more excited about making the, it back <laughs> the, yeah, the, um, the playwright and ho. poet of the group. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you poet ho. No, I mean, like I said earlier, Bring Bad it is my absolute favorite show of all time. It- it's almost a curse because I think this show is so good that really nothing has ever come close to topping it in my mind outside of Better Call Saul set in the same universe. 
Uh, but Ozymandias is really the magnum opus of this show. Like I said, it's directed by Ryan Johnson, who there's a lot of great directors who worked on Breaking Bad episodes, but he's the only one to have made a name for himself, obviously, as a, as a huge film director as well. Uh, and it's just an episode that ties together so, so many narrative threads. We'll get into all of those because I think at least, I would say at least two of the most shocking or, or interesting moments of this show's final season happen in this this episode. 100%. Um, I also, I think we can all agree that one of the coolest parts about Vince Gilligan's storytelling in both Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul is the way he uses that opening scene as a kind of like offset from the rest of the episode. And this one almost definitely has the best opening yeah. everything scene out of any of them. With Vince Gilligan, everything has a purpose. Right. Everything. Everything. Um, and yeah, Same. the way this one really just tie, like, like this could have been the finale of the show if only because the way it it ties everything together uh, from the beginning to the end of of, of Walt, Walter White's journey is just absolutely mind blowing. Um, and we'll get into. I just want to briefly do shout out that I was really really close to picking Crawl Space because I think mm-hmm. Crawl Space is probably is, my favorite of the. Show. Crawl Space is probably the one that I'd honestly like to rewatch more often, just only because it gets me so fucking anxious and amped up and you like gave our possible. money to <laughs> I, and, and the way that that all, that terrifying score kicks in at the end yeah uh and that shot that mirrors obviously the final shot of felina um and then yeah I, felina it's funny i think we talked about this in our group chat mm-hmm. the finale weirdly enough is probably the weakest of the final three episodes of breaking bad but that being said it's still an incredible finale but i love granite state i was really close to picking granite state as well which that is the not the anti-penultimate but the penultimate mm-hmm. episode of breaking bad very different episode from the rest because it's set outside of Albuquerque for the most part, <laughs> um, but it has some really mind blowing yep, moments. He's well, a full beard and all that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's ending when the theme song kicks in. Oh, I could just talk <laughs> about this all day. Yes, yeah, so let's get into Ozymandias because this episode, man, yeah. is just uh... yeah, this one is insane. So, I uh... and it's pretty much. I think it's safe to say it's like the consent. Like pretty much everyone agrees that this is the best episode of Breaking yeah. Bad, if not the I think best so, yeah. I would agree. Yeah. It was definitely my favorite when I watched the show the first time around. Yeah, it's probably objectively the best episode. It may not be my favorite, but I think objectively it's the most well-made episode in well, the ev- show and probably in TV in yeah. general. I mean, like, yeah. everything comes to a front on this episode. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. for context, like, there was just previously a shootout between the neo-Nazi bad guys, who I would honestly say are the worst bad guys in the show, honestly. I think they're the least interesting. And, and compared to Gus Fring, like, how can well, you yeah. compare? Well, you but know, like, Vince Gilligan had originally planned for Face Off to be the the uh, finale to the show. Yeah. That's where Gus dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, you know, he, uh, but like, obviously there was more story to tell for Walter and Jesse. and uh, It was the right move, yeah. I think. Because I, I, I agree that they're not nearly as interesting, but Todd, at the very least, and Lydia, who I know isn't part of the neo-Nazis, but is somewhat of an antagonist in the final season, uh, I think are really interesting characters. Yeah, I would agree. I, but it, everything comes to a front this episode. Like, there's the shootout that had just previously taken place between them and Hank. Um, and Gomi. Er, and Gomi. Oh, but great side character. One complaint great about this episode is that Gomi doesn't really get a proper death. It just opens and you see his body getting, his dead mm-hmm. body getting dragged away. Yeah. I but, think, uh, well, on that note, I was just going to say the most heartbreaking quote of the entire series for me comes from this episode. And that quote is, um, Walt, you're the smartest guy I've ever met. And don't you know that this guy's going to 
He made up his mind. Too stupid to know that that he made up his mind ten minutes ago. That just that I I always come back to that moment and I'm like, oh my god! Like, well, if if you want heartbreaking, Ozymandias is the place to go. I mean, I thought you were about to say a line that comes just a couple minutes later, which is, "I watched Jane die." Yeah, that one is insane. I forgot about. I I forgot about that. I I forget how big of a douchebag Walter White becomes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's really. Like, this is Walter White at his most evil throughout. Yeah. Not only with that, but, I mean, for He's the, just, the yeah. last half of yeah. the episode is him terrorizing his family, essentially. With, and that unbelievably... Right, we'll talk about that in a yeah. second, because yeah. I think there's something really fascinating about even that moment as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think not just him telling Jesse that he watched Jane die, but moments before when uh, he has finally lost everything, and yet all he can think of is... Um, you still owe me Pinkman. And he, he tells him, he goes, you promised me that you would kill Pinkman and you still have to do that. And he's like, you find him, we'll kill him. But he's only saying this because he knows exactly where Jesse is. Um, and that's just like, like it's hard to believe that we could get to this mm-hmm. point with Walt and Jesse. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, the two biggest takeaways I had from rewatching it that were different from how I remember it is Breaking Bad is a slow show. I always forget about this. Like, this might be the most fast-paced episode, and yet it still has, like, a 15-minute sequence of a flashback where they're just cooking meth in an RV. There's several scenes where, you know, Walt is just walking or driving around. Rolling a barrel. and Yeah, rolling a barrel, like, and with... The great, the great stuff. With so, this show amazing, great yeah. I was gonna yeah. say that amazing soundtrack, but I would say the biggest thing that I took from this on the rewatch is that Skylar has des- has gotten so much undeserved hate. I remember oh, being she's so anti- I remember being so anti Skylar like why won't you leave and and go with Walt? Like what like you guys have the out, you have millions of dollars, like go leave. But on rewatch I was like don't you dare get in that car with Walt. Like he is he has made his that, decision. I was, was going like, to say that to you guys like I mean I'm the polar opposite. I've pathetically rewatched the show like i think six times at this point in my life like, I, <laughs> jesus christ Corey. Awesome. yeah i'm i'm i i never claimed to to be cool um <laughs> but yeah i think i i would recommend at least one rewatch just because i do think I, when it comes it's it's funny to me that so much of us so many of us were uh just high school boys watching break mm-hmm. bad so of course yeah. high school boys are going to be like yeah fuck skyler for not letting <laughs> him have fun cooking meth but it's like <laughs> like you like as you as you grow older and you watch Breaking Bad, like she almost becomes the most interesting character in a way because, of course, she's gonna react the way that she does, and of course, like uh, she's gonna lash out with, with her boss Ted, and of course she's gonna, uh, you know, want to protect her son and her baby. I mean, like I don't, I, I find her perspective so interesting, and and her role in this episode is this is probably to me Anna Gunn's like magnum opus in this yeah. show, and she she's so fucking good, incredible. And when you watch this show, just like you, well, when you watch this episode after not watching this series for a long time, like it is, it's so interesting because hands down, Walter White is the, he is the villain. He is doing terrible things. This entire show. If you showed anyone this episode, they'd be like, and you're supposed to like this guy. Yeah. You mentioned that first. I mean, like we've kind of danced around it, but that opening scene with, with the flashback to the first time, Walt and Jesse cook together. Uh, it's weird because I remember I watched. I don't know about you guys, but I watched this this final season live. I um I, I binged 
all of the all of Breaking Bad up until the final eight episodes were airing live, and then I watched the final eight live as they came out. Oh, that, that must have been a different. I was, I really wish I watched this live. It was, it was really really fun experience experience it live, especially because it had never occurred to me that they would go back. I mean, like this show does a lot of interesting things when it big like in a lot of different ways, but it I don't it very rarely uses flashback. I think this is one of at least two that I can think of on top of my head, and Dana already alluded to the other one. You, you know, so you know it's very very rare for them to go backwards like that. Um, and then when they do it, it, it I don't know, it, just, it really hits you in, in an emotional way. And then the way the the RV and then and Walt and Jesse fade away. That was masterfully incredibly done. Incredibly so powerful. So, so, oh. Yeah. For it to, like, stagger on the, the fade out, too, it's not just everyone. It's, like, yeah. first yeah. Walt, then Jesse, then the RV, and then the cars reappear. Yeah. Like, so fucking cool. Well, and, I mean... You know the fact that that shot once it once they're all gone right and we're just looking at the empty desert that shot repeats itself a couple times throughout the episode because it obviously is right by where the shootout is is, is happening, uh, and we return to that shot a couple times and it, I don't know, it just becomes more powerful the more it's repeated. Yeah, I mean talking about the title, the t- like the very t- like like the way that the episode and the contents of the episode relate to how it's titled, I think is also really important for this specific episode. Um, yeah, I agree. And I don't know if, I don't know if this is just because I'm obsessed with Breaking Bad and this is true for a lot of shows, but I do feel like with Breaking Bad, I always paid more attention to the, yep. Titles. The titles, the titles are really fucking good. It, in this. Cat in the it, bag. It was because yeah. like after I Bags got, the river. after I got done the with fly. season yeah. four, like <laughs> you find out that, there are these this this imagery that just exists throughout the entire show and you want to just pick up on every detail of breaking bad and all the i mean the title is play into that perfectly yeah that's like this just just as an example of the kind of crazy man that vince gilligan is some of you guys know this but in i believe it's season two of better call Saul, um someone pointed some fans noticed uh after the season ended that if you took the first letter of each episode, Jesus Christ, it, it spelled out Gus is back, and so mm-hmm. like, that's not a huge spoiler for Better Call Saul, but Gus mm-hmm. is a character uh, in Better Call Saul, but not until the beginning of the third season, uh, and it just like what the fuck, yeah. man? Like how and, the, and, how and, the and, hell and do you he, do you do something like that? And he he did the same thing for Breaking Bad too, with like the first letter of um every episode title in season two. Uh, spelling the like the I I forget what it was, but it, it did the same thing. I don't know it if I was aware of this, but that that seems pretty dope. With this episode in particular, I remember like watching it, like you guys, like I saw it, and probably when I was a sophomore, or junior in high school. Um, and then my senior year of high school, for an English class, we we read the poem, and I was sitting there, and I was like, holy crap! Like, how does it it relates exactly well to what Walt is? I'm going to read this on it, and I want, think of Walt White, and think of how relevant this is, okay? Let me get my poetry voice on. I met a traveler from an antique land who said, two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them on the sand, half sunk a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions read, which yet survive stamped on these lifeless things, the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed, and on the pedestal these words appear, my name is Ozymandias, king of kings, 
Look on my work, ye mighty, in despair. Nothing beside remain, round the decay of that colossal wreck. Boundless and bare, the lone and level sand stretched far away. So this is obviously in the desert, You're right? Goddamn That's right. And, cool. I feel like we and, need to cut to it. You are listening to Poetry Hour on. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the poem was written about a king who was like a really big king at the time, but the statue of the king is in the desert and all you can see is the head. Yeah. So the head in the desert, and that's literally Walter White. Also, just completely, his, call, his empire is torn apart. Call yeah. back to when the, what's his name's head was on the turtle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Ooh, yeah. I forgot about yep, that. Yep, coming yeah, around. Danny Trejo. Um, that was really Danny good. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you, Smear, that uh, it's pretty, I, I, I think it was in a similar boat where I had read the poem for the first time in a class around the time this episode came out, and I, and I was uh, pretty blown away by some of those parallels. Uh, what? Uh, I was gonna. No, go ahead. I was yeah. gonna ask. Uh, what was everyone's favorite moment from this episode? Ooh. Well, I would say the moment on rewatch. That, you know, a lot of it was like, I thought I had better clarity rewatching. The one moment that I still, I think we need to talk about that I still can't really put my finger on. Is Walt's final phone speech to Skyler? I was gonna yeah. say we need you. That to me is the crux of this yep. episode. Yeah, we need to talk about that phone call. But cause... but before that, before that, just real quick, my favorite moment of this episode and my favorite moment in the series is when Walter screams, "We're a family, we're a family," and he looks as his family cowers away from him, and he realizes, like, right at that moment, that he is he what originally was to help his family has deeply damaged them and will they'll never be the same because of him. Um, I think that moment is the emotional payoff for me of the entire show. That is also my favorite moment in the episode and of the entire series. Yeah. Yeah, one that I I I also love that that moment. Um and I think the one though that really has always stuck with me is uh is actually when Skylar and Marie tell mm. Walt Jr. Uh, he's so truth. good in that scene and, and Walter's reaction i, I want to get you know give rj Midi a shout out yeah RJ, yeah i do really think that there's if there's one thing that uh that holds back a lot of similar shows it can it tends to be child actors like just whatever re- like that there are plenty of shows of great child actors but there are also a lot of others where i i feel like i'm very underwhelmed by them i just like rj Midi is mind-blowing in this episode specifically in the moment you guys are referring to, when he's holding up the knife, I mean, he's and he when he calls nine one one, it's absolutely mm-hmm. like chilling. But insane the way he goes, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. Yeah. You're yeah. lying. You're just as bad as you him. killed like, Uncle the, Hank. The, yeah, yeah. All <laughs> oh the things she says, oh, just yeah. crazy. And and the way that Marie is carrying herself through all this, saying that you know Hank currently has Walt in custody. It's all over. You have to tell Walt Junior. You know she kind of has like a sense of entitlement about it, but also you don't blame her. I mean she's. Like it, it's perfectly valid, and so it's that it's that much more tragic that um, she's not correct. Like she, you know, she's wrong about all this. Just that that layering of truths that Vince Gilligan is able to build up in that moment is. It's, yeah, where do you guys stand on this phone call? Because I, I find it pretty clear what's what's happening in this scene. Yeah, but I want to get some of your reads on it because I do think that there are there are multiple interpretations of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know we've we've talked a lot of tonight about uh, how evil Walt is throughout this episode. How he's just totally become an evil, 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 evil villain at this point. 
So I'm curious where you stand on this phone call and what he's trying to accomplish. So uh, my initial reading of the phone call, watching it today, um, was that Walter has a f- he has a full grasp of what is going on. He is very much aware that what ha- what had just happened was uh, that there's no possible way he's ever going to have his life back. He'll he'll never have his family back, and he basically decides that he wants to that he needs to sever any relationship with his family uh i think that's and he he's doing it consciously so to protect them at least that's how i saw it because i mean during the phone call he is he's a complete wreck and he he's any any shot away from him talking on the phone is him holding back tears and then when he speaks on the phone he is has that menacing voice he's heisenberg yeah he's heisenberg um so for me i think walter with the phone call knew exactly what he was doing and knew that he needed to separate his family from what had just happened um i he came to that realization and was like holy shit like I'm awful. What I'm doing is awful, and they can't have any connection with this. Well, and I think that's the moment—the moment you guys are referring to from earlier as your favorite in the episode—is when he learns that, like his face, and that as he sees his son calling nine one one and realizing that it's all over, and that they're terrified of him, is when he's like, "All right, I, um, you know, there's only one way out of this, and it's not going to involve them, unfortunately." Yeah. Did any? Did you guys not think that? Th- that was so, Walt protecting his family? So, like, I do think that to an extent, but I, like, struggle to give him full credit for yep. it because it's not like he could have... He, I feel like he could have severed it in a way that wasn't so pointed and mean to Skylar. Maybe that's just me being, like, uh, you know, just trying to be too much of an optimist. But at times, it also feels like Walt is getting out his frustration with how he lived a dead end life up until this point. Like he is a deeply unhappy man Mm -hmm. throughout the show. And before all of this happened, he was an unhappy man. That's one of the tenets of it is that he was a wasted talent. He feels like he wasted his life. To me, it feels partly, I do agree. He's trying to protect his family, but I, I fail to think that, um, Walter White doesn't do anything, at least for himself, in some capacity yeah. at any moment. So you're not wrong, Sam, but I, I do think that this moment is is pretty definitively about protecting his family, and I think he the only way he can do that is to be Heisenberg, like you said, is to be as is to adopt this persona as an evil mastermind. And Skyler recognizes that. Like that's what again, I why I think Anna Gunn is so good in this episode. There's a subtle moment when the camera's lingering on her as Walt's talking. And you can just see her face shift from like, from like, what are you, what are you saying to me to let more of like a, oh, wow, I, I'm, I understand. And then he just, she starts, calms down a little bit and she just says, where's Holly? Or I, I think that's her yeah. next question. Yeah. She just, yeah. she's now under, understanding and she's kind of playing along a little bit. Because um, I, I think if you listen to the wording of what Walt is saying, he's being mean, but he's pretty clearly saying, you had nothing to do with this. You, you. You know, you, uh, you never supported you to stop it. me yeah. every time. You never supported me. I did this, all this on my own. And I built this, blah, blah, blah. 
like it's i think it's it is pretty clear what he's what he's trying to do but i agree that it takes a while like we don't really reach that realization at least until skylar does if not a mm-hmm. little bit after i mean it took two rewatches to kind of because i remember on the first rewatch i was like fuck him like he's such a fucking asshole and then i was like oh yeah i get it now i get what he was trying to do the we are now talking about sopranos pilot and boys this is a really fucking good pilot (laughs) it is it sets everything in motion so fucking wonderfully i think this could literally exist just as a mobster movie and be it was going uh, to like it was going to yeah like it could just be like a fucking amazing mob movie but it is the first episode of one of the greatest TV shows ever made, which is The Sopranos. And Samir is going to blab our ear off about this because he, as we know... I'll try to contain the, myself. He, what if what if Samir didn't talk about The Sopranos this episode? The one episode we dedicated to <laughs> I, it and he just He's like, I don't want to watch the He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't really like it. Can we talk about Secession? <laughs> <laughs> Secession. Samir, take it away. What is, so what's your um, thoughts on the first, the first episode? Well... So I'll start by saying I have to be really, really careful here because one of our members of the podcast is still watching The Sopranos. And normally, you know, when this topic or this idea was introduced that we were doing this episode, I didn't think this would be a big deal. But re-watching this episode, it's insane to me how well the first episode kind of hits on the entire point of the show, which you wouldn't really understand until that last episode um and it's 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 insane like it's all there they all knew from this from the very start where this is going um and where it's always been going so i need to contain myself in that regard but you I better think sam had, i will kill you yeah, if you spoil this yeah. show for me well yeah well i think sam is actually like bang on in the regard about this having a cinematic quality to it especially the pilot um because when david chase uh, the showrunner and show creator of The Sopranos um, conceived this idea. He conceived it as a movie originally. And he was trying to get the movie financed and he went to a lot of different studios and it just never panned out. It never worked out. They were like, we don't, you know, we can't get this movie made. So he shortened it into a pilot. Um, and after development hell and like after a couple uh, years and stuff like that, HBO picked it up and we have... Um, the pilot of this episode and i and think it that it changed the course it, of tv <laughs> and it changed yeah, the course of tv completely we get breaking bed without the sopranos and yeah, we, watching this pilot we're talking about like, it, it, highly regarded as probably the two greatest tv shows back to back right now back to back um and and when when james Gall- when james gandolfini rest in peace died walter white actually or <laughs> walter white uh brian, brian cranston Cranston's tweeted there is no Walter White without Tony Soprano. Interesting. Um, so yeah, he 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 directly like directly acknowledges the relation between the two characters in the two shows in that way, um, which I thought was also super interesting. But speaking about this yeah. pilot in general, the way it balances the family drama while also talking about the mafia stuff and the mafia politics, um, the way it talks about Tony as a character, and it really nicely introduces all of the central plots and conflicts the really central conflict to the show um it's really funny and it's just so many things it's like six different genres 
and it does all of it so smoothly in one hour like it's it's crazy to me but yeah i'm excited to hear your thoughts on uh, yeah, it yeah i i gotta say real quick that i what i was surprised about and you sort of touched on this uh by, by talking about its its origins i guess i didn't expect it to be so hyper stylized like it's super um, stylized like like a lot of the 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 shots are very saturated uh mm-hmm. and there's a lot of canted angles that are used um as just part of a what is otherwise a pretty normal shot reverse shot back and forth um and so i don't know i thought like a lot of those little uh like flourishes were really really cool um and we, sam talked about breaking bad sometimes being a surprisingly slow show in terms of it taking its time um obviously this is just the pilot but and the pilots tend to be a little more exciting because they have to grab you but this is a breakneck pacing like it's so fun and snappy the whole time for me well this this pilot just writes itself the idea of a mob boss going to a psychiatrist is such an unbelievably like fun and interesting idea there's so many elements you can get at with like what he's allowed to tell dr melfi throughout what like his relationship to being a man is it brings two of the main themes which are his love of the strong silent type he talks about that throughout the show and also and the way that... that's weaved together with like a broader american ethos yeah is mm-hmm. is genius yeah is. and the idea of being the sad clown those are two of like the main tenets of tony soprano's character i think Corey's talked about this as well as your main character's got to be the best character for the most part. Tony Soprano is the, I would yeah. go as far as to say the best character ever written. I the think, goat. <laughs> I think he's the goat character. I, I really like, yeah. He's unbelievable. He's so many different things. He's odious. Infuriating. He's odious. Disgusting. He's infuriating. He's disgusting, but he's also a loving father. Sometimes he shows, he cries over ducks in the first yeah. episode, I think that is... That's really important. I'll talk about that later. Attempted to watch Sopranos a few years ago. I never, I didn't ever end up finishing it. Um, but as your apparent Italian hater of the podcast... <laughs> Known Italian hater. I have to say, I this pilot is just... It's fantastic. It really is. Yeah. Um, so much so that I actually watched the second episode. Um, yeah. I, I'm hooked. I am going to start watching it again. But yeah, this the the cinematic quality of this first episode is insane, and like all the mental health stuff is just it's such an interesting component uh, to add into the the mob boss mentality which is so cool um and i even i got choked up at the end with with the duck thing i was like this is this is so out there and bizarre at least first not knowing any relation with the ducks or family or whatever for the rest of the show it's surprisingly moving especially when he starts to cry at the end of the episode um that's something that I I also want to point out is kind of how the show deals and at least the the pilot um t- talks about and introduces this like new era of mob boss of this this early 2000s mob boss and that there are um people within the mob who are ratting other people out 
um, the the way it hints at the politics of of the mob in the two thousands is super interesting. Um, and that's kind of what, for the main part, got me hooked. Um, and made me watch the second episode. Oh yeah, I mean the last episode is called Made in America. So again, like even the title itself is getting at where is what is this American this thing that we call America look right now? What is it like? What is American consumerism and all of that? The two themes that I picked up from the show, and again, again for the tenth time, I'm not revealing anything. These are no spoilers, but things I want Sam who's watching it now, and if any of our uh, listeners are watching the show right now to pay attention to that are discussed in the pilot that are just mind-blowing to me. Um, One, the conversation at the end of the episode between Tony Soprano and Chris Moltisanti, where Moltisanti is sitting there sulking. I don't know if you guys remember this. Um, At the end of the episode, Tony asks him what's wrong. Moltisanti goes, "Mm, nothing. Just a thank you would have been nice. You know, I I never get appreciated for anything. And... Tony's response to that, interestingly enough, is you think I ever got appreciated from that from my pops? Um, So there's this theme of fatherhood and what the show does with that as it goes on and how it continuously reinvents that dynamic of generational trauma, especially in fatherhood. And motherhood. Um, And you don't don't, like fully grasp the weight of that until that last moment of the show. but fatherhood like that sticks out and two you guys you guys like um we're talking about the moment where he's crying with the ducks after you if you dane and uh i know sam will but dane if you ever end up finishing this show <laughs> that moment with the ducks completely is completely redefined in the last episode and when you come back to the pilot you're still stuck on well, who tony soprano is just that moment when he cries with the ducks you're stuck on it who is this guy because the way they completely build towards that moment and twist it, that first moment that you see in the pilot, by the last episode, they twist that moment where he cries at the ducks to something that's so deep and so like so complicated that it's I can't even talk about it without busting <laughs> or something. So, all right. Yo, Sam I'm Sam done. said the phrase motherhood, and I do think we just have to briefly, you know, mention uh, Edie Falco just because I yeah, do think oh, that yeah. he's Karma's such a good in, character in this show. And yeah, and her Carmella. character uh again it's why i placed in the neighborhood of of the breaking bads better call stalls of the world because they Town are a. all about that strange nature of a uh it's not i mean this isn't you know tony spread doesn't live a double life but it is similar in that it's it's that strange nature of of the division between like the domestic and and i mean something much uglier he's in waste management let's not he's get a it. waste yeah. management yeah. consultant right exactly. waste management exactly um, but yeah, I love I love that final exchange between them in this episode, uh, when he he admits to her that he is on Prozac, and she has like the she she's, just has the, be- has the best so reaction. Supportive. Like, I so loved it. so supportive, like too supportive. You know what I mean? Like, but then they get in like uh, a fight like right after that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's also it's really interesting. It kind of relates to what you're talking about um, with with uh, Chris Chris Moldesanti wanting that that expression of gratitude. You know. Like if being vulnerable is the worst thing you can be in this in this world. I mean, so for for James Gandolfini, like it's a genuine threat to his life. For Tony Soprano, it's a genuine threat to his life to 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 be on Prozac, to be seeing a therapist, to be struggling with depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And I just love I love the way that exchange plays out between him and his wife. Yeah, yeah and agree. with that with that moment with Moltisanti and Gandolfini or Gandolfini Tony Soprano, it clearly lays out, I think, the conflict of the entire show. Right. Soprano is the same. He just wants validation from his father. And that that gets at so much of of understanding of what goes on as the as the episodes and how that layers on itself. Um I think we can all agree that the the pilot of the Sopranos is is one of the best uh, pilots we've ever seen. Fan, fantastic episode um, for a fantastic show, which brings us to a fantastic episode of another fantastic show, in the opinion of three minus me, which is uh, Mac finds his pride, which is in season thirteen of It's Always Sunny. Uh, I think it's safe to say this is the most popular comedy of the past 10 years i mean probably. hey it's the longest if running sitcom of all time definitely the longest run yeah longest running and therefore live the action yeah. yeah yeah so this i think this episode was drastically different than any other episode of it's always sunny i'd ever seen it's interesting yeah, I gotta imagine that- for you sam so, as someone who doesn't love this show or watch it regularly this was probably you, you probably were just yeah really confused as to i was really confused but i can i can say without a doubt this is the best episode of it's always sunny that i've seen and it really gets at like it really i guess writes the wrongs that i think that this show delves into so much um but dane take it away what's your opinions on this episode we all know you're you're a huge it's always sunny fan so why did this episode specifically uh, did you pick it over? Let, let's be honest; it's not a very funny episode, no. but um, especially compared to others. But why this episode? So Mac Mac finds his pride, in my opinion, is like the most like not always sunny episode, but it's the most always sunny because always sunny they're kind of reinventing the the wheel in terms of what can be put on comedy television constantly and mac finds his pride is basically the first dramatic episode of always sunny from the way it's filmed to the 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 color palette that's used it's it's drastically different um but mac finds his pride came out my freshman year of college and when mm-hmm. this episode came out, one as uh, a gay, um, <laughs> I love how you a, say it a, like that, a gay. <laughs> um, it for a show that I had watched at that point three times through, for them to put the time and effort into an episode dedi- dedicated around Mac coming out in season twelve, um, was just was moving. But the execution of the episode is what needs to be acclaimed. I mean, Rob McElhenney as Mac um, and creator of the show took an entire year to get ripped and learn a beautiful (laughs) dance sequence, which is at the end of this episode and ends season 13. And I, first time watching balled my eyes out never thought i would ever cry during always sunny but i was shaken to my core i think this episode is what 
it, it for me it's like something that I, I I will always remember always sunny taking the an, an, a tremendous risk for a comedy show and I I think Mac finds his pride is a masterpiece of comedic television um or just TV in general not necessarily comedic but I think it's it's fantastic what 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 do you guys think about this episode so a couple things I was just gonna say um at the top of this episode I did say damn you Dane damn you Dane I'm still saying it because <laughs> I really wanted to pick this show um I'm willing to fight Dane on his super fan status I've seen this show seven times over completely Jesus. every single episode yes S- Samir um, is a is a huge fan and what I will say, and Dane most definitely forgets this. I don't know if he does, but the small anecdote I have is this is the only episode of the four we're talking about tonight that I saw live on television. And the next day, when Dane was rushing our frat beta, um, me and Dane got market, and it was one of the first times I met Dane. And we were talking about the episode that aired the night before. Randomly, Dane gets market. He sits down on a table. Um, and we were just talking about, hey, so like, what kind of TV are you into? He mentions it's always sunny. I go, have you seen the episode last night? And we talked about it for probably two yep. hours. You um, guys are so cute. We, I wish we I know. We ate in twenty minutes and just talked about yeah. film and TV for just and oh my god, what I mean, there's so much I can say about this show, um, but particularly this episode, the moment that I kind of want to start with i think is the best moment of this episode um because there's just so much to talk about so i just want to talk about it now is danny devito's expression that final shot where he says i get it um it's just i i so watching the entire show obviously we we learn about frank and how much of a dirtbag he is and he's essentially a very smart man but he's also very greedy and He's disgusting, and he's all these different he's things. He's the trash man. Um, and he's the trash man. And the thing is, in the when we were talking about Sopranos, we were talking a lot about fatherhood. And with this episode, Mac is just trying to get his real dad to accept his sexuality so much. And his real dad leaves, I guess, uh, halfway through that dance performance. But that moment when um, Frank or Danny DeVito says, I get it. That just, man, that means so much. Uh, just like, like, I don't know, just seeing an actor being able to do that, like give that expression, you know? Um, well, especially on top that of moment. The, the, the whole... <laughs> Danny DeVito is a good fucking he's actor. He's so good. I feel like people, for, I feel like people it's, it's forget crazy. that, it's... but he's so fucking good in this I, show. I was wa- and he's so good in this episode. Yeah, I was watching with my, my roommates and I said, it's crazy that Danny DeVito had an entire career before Always Sunny because he will always be known as Frank Reynolds. Um, yeah. Oh, and yeah. that it's Always Sunny. You know, he the show didn't start no. with Danny, Danny DeVito. First, yeah, first second season, season yeah. without him. Yeah, it started with uh, him. And they added him because they felt like they kind of needed that extra something. And, you know, this is a cast of basically nobody's getting Danny DeVito <laughs> to come in and be on their show. Yeah. And uh, it revolutionized yeah. the entire show. It, it he, have been a... He's such a scene stealer in literally every oh, scene I know. that he's yeah. in. Well, and what's important to note about Always Sunny is that this is a show about the worst fucking people you could imagine. Oh, yeah. I know, and I don't find... Like, this is a show about 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 the worst of the worst, 
and what that kind of reveals about about those people. That's why I do like this episode so much. You sort of alluded to this, Sam, is that it's it's like an apology mm-hmm. almost by, on, yeah. on the show, or at yeah, least I like agree. repress on, on on the point of the show. On you the know, coarseness kind of, of it, you know, right? Like sort of moment that we. It's get. why they don't because even have Dennis on this episode because he's right. just like such a. I mean, horrible Dennis is my favorite Max, character. Max sexuality show. was, you know, like the butt of yeah. many jokes for many seasons, uh, and it, you know, uh, it's not for me to say whether or not that was that was outright offensive or not. But I do think the show found a really clever way to s- still keep in line with the exact jokes it's been telling for over a decade, and yet now rebrand that as something really beautiful and empowering and uh and just just like just cinematically impressive yep. with that with that final sequence that's so. a, that's yeah, exactly what say. it did for me this episode blew my mind um and this also came off of one of the most popular gay movies ever uh call me by your name and the <laughs> gag in max apartment is that there are a bunch of peaches all over the place with dick size holes cut oh, really? and cutting the- them that's um, pretty there, funny. There's like 30 of them throughout his apartment. Um <laughs> and that's pretty and funny. I, I the the episode 2 I I don't think it, it it's dramatic but there are also some pretty hilarious moments in it. Um when uh Frank gets in the truck and his face is so swollen that he can't his eyes aren't even open. He's looking <laughs> in the rearview mirror. So funny. And the way they link that gag to like the overarching metaphor of the episode of just like keeping um his max sexuality and all of the different emotions like pent up and then finally coming out is awesome um again something so unique to always sunny um and the i mean the final dance scene is just so it's so beautiful it took him it took him one year to learn that apparently one year Rob McElhenney he kills it. is so shredded. It's insane. Um, yeah, he's a hottie. He, he's a hottie with a body. There's no other but way But if you it. see him in season seven, I was going to say, yeah, that wasn't always yeah. just so fat for, 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 for comedy. Yeah. yeah. And he, 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 he did it only yep. for laughs. Like, that's Rob McElhenney, he, yeah. and he lost he all of it. He knows his audience so well. Um, getting fat just because he thought that's something that would happen to Mac. And putting so much care into um, this episode. Uh, Rob McElhenney has two moms, actually. And I read an interview about him making this episode and how he knew that he always wanted to do something in a dramatic sense to, to talk about like the coming out experience because of his moms. And it is uh, the interview is excellent. This episode is excellent. And, I mean, you talked about it too, Samir. The final shot with Frank, and he, his his nose is still swollen, but but the way yeah. <laughs> the way that just adds to the dramatic nature of the closing scene is so awesome. So oh awesome. god! And mm-hmm. I I I oh yeah. Also, just want to point out the the moment in the beginning when Frank kicks the door open and it just hits him in the face. Dude, a- any no, any yeah. type of physical humor with Danny DeVito, uh, it always sticks. You never have to worry about it yeah. falling flat. It's so funny. No one on Earth on this planet looks like him. No one. Well, yeah. well, and, well even Mac points it out. He says his face looks like a, a thing of of, of, of shredded, shredded meat. meat or yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, I honestly probably will bounce for our Nathan Free discussion, unfortunately. But wow, what you want to say about this this episode is that you know this is from season thirteen of this show. This is you know Dane mentioned this was his freshman year of college. It would have been Smear's sophomore year. Like this is not a long time ago. Uh, it's had another season since then that is I thought yep. was also fantastic. I love the finale of that season, especially. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, th- this is a show that has been on for a long time, and whereas I mentioned, you know, South Park at the top as one of my all-time favorite comedies, but it, I will be the first to admit that it's past, like, five seasons, honestly, have all been pretty subpar. It just hasn't really captured the magic of what it once was. That is not the case with It's Always Sunny. This show continues to innovate, uh, and even, like, you know, without spoiling too much of what, what it's done, is kind of reckon with the fact that it's been on for so long and reckon with whether or not it should even fucking be on on air at all anymore like it's 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 really it remains a really smart show uh and it, as as evidenced by the fact that dane pick a an episode that is really new like very very new and very late in this show's run yeah and to your point uh before you go i want to say that earlier a couple months ago when a lot of tv shows were getting renewed rob McElhaney tweeted uh saying that um Sunny is only halfway throughout its arc, and it was originally pitched as a 28 season <laughs> arc. <laughs> That's funny. Which is All right, hilarious. guys. Well, I think I am going to bounce. The last thing I'll say about Nathan. Yeah, Nathan say, you, uh, yeah, say Nathan, something yeah. about Finding Francis, and I can yeah, edit, edit this in. I think, I think Sam knows that uh, I feel very passionate about Nathan for you, and especially this episode. This is It's basically a yep. movie, Finding Francis. I mean, Sam basically oh, yeah. brought us a film. Errol Morris, who's a really accomplished documentarian, uh, who he has called Finding Francis his favorite documentary, the greatest documentary ever made. And if you guys don't know the name Errol Morris, I mean, he is literally one of the most influential yeah. filmmakers in all of documentary. And uh, his son, his son, Hamilton Morris, who has a show called uh, Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia. Oh, yeah, I've, I've watched Psychedelics. That. Watch yeah. that show. Um, you know? So, yeah, I'll just briefly say about, about Finding Francis that I, yeah. I'm obsessed in a lot of like my writing that I do and a lot of like when I think about like topics that really fascinate me. I'm just obsessed with like our like with how we differentiate between fact and fiction, like reality and like surreality. I, I I can't quite put my finger on why that intrigues me so much, but it always really has, from just like an existential standpoint, from a media standpoint. Uh, and Nathan Free was always towing that line, but Finding Francis literally revolutionizes like what our our conception of reality is. Uh, and what our conception of Abbas like, the truth me. is in media. <laughs> so I could, I've, I've always wanted to write like an essay about this, 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 this episode because I just find it to be so, so genius. So excited uh, to um, talk about. And I could go on and on, but I'll let you guys do that while I go eat swordfish or something. I think we're having Ooh, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, mm. you guys have a swordfish. Swordfish steaks are uh, pretty good. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, maybe we can right, have guys, it on our camping trip. Bye, Corey. Uh, uh, all right. Oh yeah, I'll see. We'll we'll get planning soon. Don't worry. See you guys. Yeah. So our final episode is about the series finale of Nathan for You. I think it's safe to say if you were to look at all three of us and guess what type of thing we like, having not met us, they'd be like, "Yeah, those guys like Nathan for You." Um, it's just like the perfect fucking yeah. show. I I don't think there's ever been a show that like I think Arrested Development the first three seasons gets pretty close, but like where you just are belly laughing every single episode. I don't think there's a bad episode of Nathan for you. But that being said, I think the series finale takes everything that is amazing about this show, 
you know, we could have picked any episode of Nathan for you and had a funny discussion about it. But what makes Finding Francis the magnum opus of the show and honestly, like one of the greatest pieces of media ever made is the emotional depth this has, the interesting, like, um, I guess, moral quandaries of the like reality versus faux pas reality. And I think this gives you a sense of Nathan Fielder as a person and kind of as a character, but I think overall... It's ambiguous, though. But it's ambiguous. You don't know what Mm -hmm. is really him. That's the beauty. Is he really this awkward, like, ridiculous dude? Or is he, you know, just kind of a lonely, um, lovesick, uh, like, guy? It's just... Oh my god, there's so many moments of this episode that I'm so excited to talk about. So I'm just going to start with probably one of my favorite moments, which is when uh, he's he's sitting with the Bill Gates impersonator, and they finally track her down, they find her name and address, uh, but then, and he's really excited, but then once he finds out that she's not single, like, his entire like he, he changes he becomes the joker he, he, yeah. what the fuck was that <laughs> he, he, he just gradually starts becoming this new person and like the shades of him that we've never seen throughout the entire show we've just known him as this weird bill gates impersonator guy um he just starts becoming more and more real and it's just it's so insane to capture that on camera and it i mean it's it's all real but like it's almost as if it was scripted like where his jealousy and all of that just comes out and he captures it in a way that's like shocking, hilarious, terrifying all at the same time. It's I like there has to be something about Nate. I think Nathan Fielder really revolutionized the idea of finding the r- funniest random people from the internet. Like almost all I don't these, know how he does almost it. Almost all these I don't people know how he almost all these people he finds are from Craigslist listings yeah. and he finds like just the guy, the aging guy, yeah, the guy yeah. <laughs> who just says that we're going to live on to become 600 and we're going to live on Mars just randomly. How do you, how do you find then, those and people? Then, and then makes the most horrible doctored yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Just makes her look like a clown ma- with yeah. makeup. Well, like, dude, it, like, yeah. I, it's like, and that's just a, that's just a two minute stretch. Like yeah. Nathan Fielder finds the, like these unbelievable humans like they're not even characters just these unbelievable but, people that and elevate this to like a level of of absurdity that like it feels like it's too good to be true but it is yeah. it's these are it, real it, people uh, it's re- and and it's yeah go ahead, uh, I, I was just gonna say so nathan from for you uh actually first time i ever heard about this show was the, one of the first times i ever met sam maricalio he he uh, brought this show up to me, and I watched it after that, and I've watched it twice now. Um, but Same. dude, this this finale is peak television. Whole oh my god, just like oh, that's yeah. that's my everything. initial reaction. Is like, it, it's like, like it's it's almost not even yeah. television though. You know, it's a movie. It's, it does. It's, a movie. it's an hour and twenty minutes long. It's a it's a very long TV episode to where it's it's actual movie length, but I think it blends, like, you know, there's typical gags that Nathan Fielder would do mm-hmm. in an episode. I think 
Honestly, my favorite gag he ever does is the Mud 2 gag, which is in this episode. <laughs> that is so... <laughs> for people who haven't seen it, or for people who just want us to hear us talk about it, he... They can't get the, uh, see, the, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. They can't get the fucking yearbook to find who this, per- who Francis is. And the only way they can do it is if they say that they're filming a movie set on the thing. <laughs> so they say they're making Mud 2, which in itself is ridiculous because Mud 1 ends and there's absolutely no way to make a second, <laughs> there's no way to make a second movie. And they call it Mud 2, even dirtier. (laughs) And then they get a literal fucking stand-in who's just in the background of one shot. And they and he fully believes he's going to be the the star of the next thing. And everyone just goes along with it. And it's, and like, to have that paired with like, so many insanely like, emotionally poignant points, like, you, I found all ranges of emotions yep. with this episode. Every time I watch, I've watched this episode probably five times now. I think it, it is. It's, I think it is. It, it's almost impossible to describe. No, it is it, one of the greatest achievements in the world. It, it, no, no, like, it, it truly is. And like finding Francis is, I like, honestly, it is one of the most original just breath of fresh air pieces of television oh and yeah. that goes for nathan for you as a whole like this show it just does mm-hmm. it it's so original it's completely unique it's, it's so it's funny hilarious it's so nathan, Field, funny. nathan fielder so i'm now like i am constantly i'm following his career exactly. like anytime he's producing something I, how to on netflix um if anyone hasn't watched so that good. excellent um but fi- yeah, like finding Francis, it made me cry. I was belly laughing. I felt I- it was insane. And but but the theme with Nathan for for you, especially like what I want to tribute Nathan Fielder to most is how much he understands fundamentally understands humanity and the human experience. Yeah, and how well he characterizes people. There's moments in Finding Francis, um, where he makes. Obviously, that Bill Gates impersonator out to be a total freaking creep. Like whenever they're doing like the oh, what would happen if you actually met her? Oh, he starts God, like touching like scene, the actresses oh. and stuff. Oh, it, yeah, it's so scene, hard to watch. It would. It would. It wouldn't be. A, it the wouldn't be a Nathan, That's a, like that's like a thing about Nathan for you. There is not a single episode of this show where I haven't. That's not cringe. At least once or twice to like to like uncringe myself. Body because cringe. like he just. Because he just, yeah, like, he just produces this, like, he finds people that he, produce these, like, visceral, and cringy fucking moments that, and like, he just you draws recoil. It, yeah, and he just draws it out of people, and at the same time, like, he, he does this thing where, like, you sympathize with him, you're disgusted by him, you cringe at him, you're interested by him, you're, like, entertained by him, you see him be jealous, and he, he just captures yeah. a full human, like, in all of his perfections imperfections weirdness ugliness um but at the same time his Mm -hmm. hopes wants and like deepest darkest desires you see all of that on screen in just an hour and 20 minutes and that's probably why earl morris is like this is the greatest yeah and and that's something that is so (laughs) unique to this series is that the finale just takes the series as a documentary type uh series or 
honestly like a, like reality game show i don't even know how you would categorize this show but it just takes it the extra mile um and kind of brings the uh, you get like sam said you get a better sense of who nathan is which is alluded to throughout the series mainly the playoff as a joke but in the finale yeah there there's always the consistent joke of him trying to like find love and it's like, and you just think it's just a bit the bachelor, where, yeah, the bachelor, the bachelor episode is really funny, or the episode where he re- like refilms the kissing scene with the girl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, but it, that's what it just feels like in those episodes. As it's just a gag, but in this one, not only are his interactions with the escort, who she is a fan, she seems like a really interesting and great person. I think she does. It's weird to say she does a great job on the show because she's just herself, but like she's she's a really uh, good person to have in this scenario. Not only is it funny with him just being like and like the dance the, where he gives her a lap dance, but yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but it's also beautiful. And you're like this this dork is is finding love, like he's finding a way to be intimate with a woman, and he's always wanted this. Yeah. there's the the another moment i love is when they're in the the bill gates impersonator and nathan are in the hotel room together and they're getting ready for bed and the little exchanges that happen between them i think at at one point if i'm remembering correctly the bill gate what's it what's his name bill gates impersonator his name is bill um bill yeah it's Bill. bill makes a reference to like politics and the donald trump's is the man oh yeah yeah so (laughs) that's that's another thing that i found very intriguing about the episode is that there is a moment where they talk they're talking about politics and um bill mentions that he is a fan of donald trump and (laughs) and he always wants fox news to be put on everywhere in the way that the documentary films it and the way that Nathan interacts with him just brings a level of humanity to it. Like it, 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 he's not trying to play it off as a, as a joke that this guy is your stereotypical, like old white dude. And From the yeah, South. It, instead yeah. it comes off as like oddly charming. Um, and that's just an, another moment in the episode where I was like, this, this is, it's so, so different. Um, but that's like, that's one of I my think, favorite moments from the episode. Man, this show I is think, so funny. It's so fun. Well, because you think at, at, at a very high level, the idea of a Bill Gates impersonator <laughs> is a fucking ridiculous thing. Like, Bill Gates is known for being insanely boring. There's nothing interesting <laughs> or his mannerism is just talking like a nerdy white guy. Like, yeah. there's nothing... Why would you need an impersonator? Why would you need to impersonate him? And so, you, you, your first instinct is to just laugh at this guy. Like, he yeah. he is, frankly, let's, let's face it, pretty pathetic. Yeah. Like, he never, <laughs> yeah. he never made his dreams of being an actor. He's a Bill Gates impersonator who hangs around the Nathan For You, uh, like, studio, because it's very obvious that he doesn't have many friends. And... So your first instinct is just to, like, laugh at this guy. But as time goes on, you realize that this was a guy with hopes and dreams, deep, deep regrets about how 
he cheated on Francis. I think that mm-hmm. is a fantastic reveal with the letters yeah. that, you know, it's nothing is ever, ever the way it was. And he himself, you don't really know who the Bill Gate, who Bill is until the very end. And you realize he's, you know, he's just a person. He's a guy with yeah. mistakes and regrets and he, you know, and it's insane how well it's done. Like just, man. Finding Francis, like it's a it's, masterpiece. It's crazy. It's a masterpiece. It, 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 it's it's nothing short of a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. So, what's it called? When he's showing an episode of Nathan for you to Macy, and they close. It's really interesting that the cameraman close up not on Macy's face in that scenario, on him, but on Nathan himself, and mm-hmm. you see that he's yeah, ner- it's funny. <laughs> yeah, that he's nervous to show it to her. He's obviously. I mean, we're all biased, but he's showing her a really funny clip. And he's, but he's nervous if she's going to find it funny, if she's going to like him. And it, it is, I know this is really fucking cheesy, but finding Francis isn't about finding it's a adorable. physical Francis. <laughs> it's finding mm-hmm. yourself more than, yeah. more than anything. And not only are you finding out who Bill is, but you're finding out who Nathan is. And you're finding out how pretty much every character involved in this situation is trying to go about their lives uh, and, you know, make the best of it and make amends for the mistakes they made. And there's something so unbelievably human that you, you frankly, I don't think any documentary has ever shown to me before. And that's why I think this is, like we said, a masterpiece and uh, one of the great you know, one of the great pieces of art yeah. ever made. I mean, audience, if you guys have it's not just... watched an episode of Nathan for You, you have to watch Nathan for You. It is, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a must, a must watch, watch yeah. of comedic television. Yeah, and and I will say, I would not start with Finding oh, Francis. No, Finding no Fr- I would not start I, with that. In fact, <laughs> I mean, I'm biased. I think every episode is funny, but... I would say, you know, watch at least five or ten episodes of the show before you even venture to think about watching Finding Francis, because this episode is tonally far different from the others. It's much more It's very much like uh, Mac Finds His Pride. Like, it's such a diversion of Mm -hmm. what the show is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's the best diversion. I I think, you know, we could talk endlessly about how great this episode is, I think. The final monologue about, um, hit about like how you actually need to figure out who people are before just writing them off is a really beautiful final monologue that ends with the final drone shot of them oh, at yeah. the park, which is amazing, Stunning. beautiful, yeah, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But, um, what? Oh, fuck, I had something and then I totally fucking lost. How about it. when uh when Bill brings the the gift? To Nathan's office that moment is is, is oh yeah yeah it's that so te- is... that was really yes, sweet it's, it's so tender but also comes off as funny um it yeah. it is is like the Bong Joon-ho of tv like I I never know what genre I'm watching whenever I'm going into a Nathan for you or our Nathan Fielder uh project I got I got what I was trying to say Thank, um, thank God, which was, I know, I know, right? <laughs> so we don't have to listen to yeah. Dane anymore. Um, 
which is the final point I wanted to make is I think this is a perfect end to the show. I know a lot of people were sad that the show ended, that they weren't going to make any more episodes. I really think it would have been impossible to make anything remotely as good as this mm-hmm. ever again. I think this is the best episode of Nathan for you. I think this is, you know, besides probably Ozymandias. And maybe... <laughs> there, we, there we go again, Sam, with that pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, besides that episode, and maybe the penultimate Bojack Horseman, I think it's the best episode of TV ever made. Um, so I'm really glad. Yeah. I'm really glad they ended it there. I, f- I felt like it had finally come full circle about what the show was really about and really trying to achieve love this love this show love this episode this episode yeah my god you could you could make a podcast yeah. on this episode. yeah you really well, that, that's the thing like you take nathan for you which is such a unique television show and it's like how the hell do you end uh, a parody show mm-hmm. like this and mm-hmm. finding francis just the most beautiful way to do it nails it perfectly and we said it's a masterpiece and it certainly is a masterpiece i would agree i would agree well boys we this was one of our longer episodes yeah it's it's been a minute since we've been two hours i I, I think it's warranted it's warranted yeah i mean this is um i think we all picked four fantastic episodes to talk about um we were joking around in the group chat before we filmed this that we would be our most annoying selves because we all picked things that we're deeply, deeply, deeply passionate about. I've watched <laughs> Nathan for you like four times through, I think. Smears watched It's Always Sunny and Sopranos <laughs> multiple times through. So many times. Dane, I imagine, has watched It's Always Sunny multiple times through as well. And Corey watched Breaking Bad six <laughs> times through, which is absurd. That's profound. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> um, but if there's anything we know, it's Corey's a gigantic fucking dweeb. And... Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. Since Corey's not here, is this where we get the like, yeah, shit, on, shit him? on him? Oh, I'm so excited yeah. for him to hear this part of the episode. <laughs> uh, Our listeners, please do not snitch on us. What yeah. happens now stays between me, Sam, Dane, and you guys. Yeah. Do well, not snitches tell get this stitches. Is so... <laughs> this is so intimate. Uh... Oh. <laughs> this is yeah. This is the ASMR portion of the podcast. Uh, um, uh, this is what I'm gonna go ahead and insert my film reel into your camera, and uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't wait to lick, lick your thirty millimeter. Uh, wow. Uh, oh my god. Is ASMR supposed to be that sensual? I don't know. I, I oh yeah. I mean, most of the times it is. Is it? Like, well, it's good to know. Well, I, I I don't know that the content is sensual, but it always comes off as sensual because yeah. it's Aww. whispering. Oh, like there's. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, um, you know, maybe we should do more TV episodes. I, I'm all in. Really, all this fucking. All in. In. Yeah, if we're yeah. all if we're this into TV, we should probably we might. Do it's so, all TV and games, maybe a spin yeah, yeah. podcast. This is where the, our own we're, better we're, We are currently taking <laughs> applications for hosts of a TV podcast. Uh, <laughs> and it has yeah, to be I mean, John Nellian. That's the only one who gets it. Technically, we're still sticking with our title because our title is It's All Film and Games. And today's episode is the end games part. You know, yeah. at times it's film, but it's also games at times. And today is the end games. 
I would yep. agree. I would agree. So for everyone that's listening, thank you for staying with us as we blabbed about our favorite TV episodes. I am Sam. Joined by me is the lovely Dane Holtz, the equally lovely Samir Yalapragada, and Corey Fuck Stillman. Fuck that guy. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we are It's All Film and Games. Thanks for listening, guys.